Welcome to Tiger Resilience podcast series. With over 25 years experience directing addiction programs, these series are designed for anyone who is struggling with a loved one dealing with addiction. Through these programs, you will gain insight, awareness, and vision into all things about addiction. Here is where addiction education will assist you in reaching your human potential. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Bernie and I'm the host of these series. Today I have a very special guest, Mr. Matt Packness. Now for self-disclosure, I have known Matt for many years. In fact, the two of us went to high school together in Madison, New Jersey many years ago. And though we had separated and did not have communication for some period of time, it was through some strange happened circumstances that the two of us found out that we were living in two towns next to each other in an area southeast Massachusetts, two little sea villages, one called Mattapoisett, where I lived, and Marion, where he lived. And it wasn't until our children, both the same age, were entering high school where I noticed Matt at an auditorium introduction to the school system and recognized him immediately, and we reconnected our relationship. Matt is a workplace bullying expert whose leadership programs help organizations thrive. He's also the author of Successful Leaders Aren't Bullies, How to Stop Abuse at Work and Build Exceptional Organizations. Matt provides leadership, management, and organizational development programs and one-on-one coaching to organizations worldwide. Matt draws from his exceptional athletic, educational, and professional experiences, and his interventions are engaging, beneficial, and measured to keep people and organizations on track. Matt and I will be discussing the topic of communication, and this is a great skill set for both organizations and individuals who are trying to develop and or learn how to deal with interpersonal relationship issues. So Matt Packness, welcome to the show. Great to have you aboard here. Uh, Talking with Matt prior to our uh, podcast here today and the conversation today we're really going to focus on was communication. Uh, and maybe specifically effective communication. So some of the challenges, Matt, that I have with a lot of families, relationships, business, we can put this pretty much across the board, is that whenever there's some kind of a problem, an adversity in the family, a, a challenge within the family, there seems to be additional barriers brought up in communication because it people are, are sometimes are hurt. Might have been an issue that happened with a family member and they feel they were, you know, jolted. They were, they felt that they were probably uh, dismissed. There could have been a lot of feelings and emotions to it. And so people put up barriers and then it's very difficult to break those barriers down because the conversations can never be full, natural and listening with the, with the, as I, my, one of my favorite lines is listening with the intent to understand somebody, not with the intent to respond. And -hmm. when you're coming from an autobiography, the challenge always has been that it's people are doing that with the intent to respond. They just like, I don't want to hear your answer. I'm going to tell you what your answers are. I'm, you know, those kinds of barriers. And it, it really becomes a, a challenge because people just get very confused and it becomes deeper hurt is involved with it. And I've just found a lot of challenges with, with families just getting that piece broken down, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. some, some experiences you have on that, Matt, dealing with, with listening skills, certainly, and, you know, and dealing with families that, or, or corporations or businesses or anybody where that communication issue breaks down and, and it becomes a tough thing to, to bridge. Well, I think the two that have helped me in my personal life, but also professionally, are, you know, I'll base it on some sound 
somewhat simplistic theories, one by Chris Argus and from Harvard. And he uh, had a term, he, he used the term left-hand column for thoughts and feelings that are really in your mind and in your heart, but you don't share. Your right-hand column are the actual words that come out. And what we find in unhealthy families and organizations is that the left-hand columns are huge that what people really want to say and what they really want to explore and what they really want to find out never sees the light of day because uh, based on another theory by Eric Byrne called transactional analysis, their previous conversations were based on criticism and fear yes. or maybe even abuse, uh, physical abuse. So yes. if I opened my mouth or I did something and or maybe I don't even know what I was doing, I was trying to figure out what I was doing that caused me to get hit or yelled at or screamed at, uh, that creates just a, an ongoing tension and anxiety where people are afraid to open their mouths. Sure. And uh, so being able to express oneself and one's uh, opinions in a constructive way, based on fact, based on an observation, because people can agree on observations, can often get an issue on a table in a very constructive rather than destructive way and that i think is what happens in a lot of dysfunctional families you know there's just like you like you said there's a reaction an emotional reaction uh, like a fearful child or a critical parent and no one stays in that rational mature objective realistic adult long enough to hear what's happening and i think that's what's happening in our society too you know and, and and these kinds of skills can really help um you know being able to sort of separate your perceptions or the perceptions of the media or the perceptions that are being pushed on you and, and really seeking the truth and then exploring that truth and your own perceptions of the truth with with honest discourse and respectful uh, discovery and, and dialogue. So I know that it sounds very uh, academic. Hopefully it's not too academic. No, but not we necessarily. Can some exam- we can go through through some examples if, if you know, you'd like. And, oh, sure. If you have any other questions, though, before we, we start exploring the tools, you know, that'd be great. Sure. Be, no, well, no, you, I think you're spot on in a lot of that. And you're kind of pointing out a lot of neurological conditioning because those, those you know, program responses, uh, you know, one of my favorite mantras working, I did this with my son very young, when he was very young, is, with my wife specifically, is that somebody pushes your button because they installed it and you have the opportunity to uninstall that button. So you do not get that reaction. So that, that psychological neurological conditioning facts, you know, to go with like a BF Skinner model in a sense that that whole conditioning piece is a a big piece to that too, because it becomes a withdrawal. And as you pointed out, the left right column, right column is a great uh, metaphor for that because it is a lot of stuff that doesn't get spoken because of multitude of reasons. So what are some things that people can do to break that down? Well, yeah, so what what happens then, too, especially if you were raised in an abusive environment or, you know, you had a lot of bullying as a child, is that happened to you as a child, but that sticks with you, and you think that's still your reality. So you get into the workplace, and you see someone being treated poorly or unjustly or unfairly, uh, being bullied, abused, and you say to yourself, well, when I was a kid, deep down inside, if I if I ever tried to address that or talk about it, I got whacked. So you just keep it inside. But now yes. you're an adult and you're in control. So you have to separate and really do a lot of work on yourself to really see the world as it is. And I think that's what, you know, people in power and uh, 
dictators and uh, you know the bullies that are in charge mm-hmm. they 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 feed off of that they keep people at bay with a lot of criticism a lot of fear a lot of nuance with a lot of negative body language just just so it generates that sort of almost like fight or flight reaction yes which keeps people from really being able to think in a peaceful calm manner and saying this is bullshit Excuse my language. No, but, you know, you're spot hey, on. This, this, this is these. Are, I'm, I'm working with a bunch of kids here, so the first step, I think, Bernie is looking at it and making an observation. Like, I noticed that you rolled your eyes when I walked past you, mm-hmm. and I'm guessing, you know, you, 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 I've done something to offend you. Is that true? Because you don't know why they're rolling their eyes. But if we don't know the facts. We fill in the, the blanks, and yes. usually we jump to the worst possible conclusion. Someone cuts you on the, off on the highway, highway, you're not thinking that poor guy must be rushing to go see a hot, uh, uh, an ill relative or grandparent. Or has a daughter thinking, in the back with going to the emergency room. Or yes. Exactly. Yes. You're thinking that jerk is just trying to get ahead of me. Yes. You know, they're, they're trying to put me at my expense, put themselves ahead of my expense. So... First thing to do is sort of make the observation. You know, if you had the chance to see the person at a rest area, I noticed you cut me off on the highway. And I'm guessing you really had to go to the bathroom or, you know, you were rushing your child to the hospital or is that is that the case? And, you know, they might say, I had no idea. I just, I really had to get to the rest area as, as fast as uh-huh. possible. I'm, I'm sorry. Or, yeah, yeah, you know, I, 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 I you were in my way. Get the hell out of my way. <laughs> and, there are, and there are those and responses, too, that can be very yeah. much so. And they're irrational. You yes. know, they're, it's about selfishness. Yes. And that's really what bullying is about, power and control. People wanting control and power rather than co-equal, respectful, dynamic, uh, rooted in rational, objective, realistic, mature dialogue. Yes. In, in conversation, which should be the dialogue we care, you know, carry with ourselves. So, like, you know, I know a lot of people when they were kids, they were afraid of cemeteries. So when they went by cemeteries, you know, they get anxious or, or worried or whatever. Maybe they were worried they'd lose their parents or whatever. So as an adult, you know, you could ask yourself, you go by and you say, wow, you know, I see that's a really full cemetery. Uh, you know, I'm guessing there's been a lot of sad, but there's been a lot of probably real positive reflection over the lives that, that, that are buried there and, and the impact, the positive impact they've had as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everything's sort of like balanced. And if you can take that sort of approach and look at things rationally, it's much easier than to say, you know, ask yourself, I'm guessing, you know, I shouldn't be as afraid uh, of dying uh, or of having a loved one die as I was when I was a child, because now I'm equipped with the emotional capacity to handle it. Uh, much more readily or I have the network and I have the support network and I have the love and the relationships that are in place that are needed, you know, for us to, to take that kind of hit. Um, so, you know, there, I think that that's sort of the way you can talk it through yourselves. Are there other uh, traumas or phobias or fears you think that are really common in people that we can maybe extrapolate a little bit? Sure. Well, I think a lot of it comes down to, and you mentioned it too, these are all learned conditions of behavior. Somebody being afraid of the cemetery, it's a learned behavior. Um, you know, I, right. you know I, I lost my dad at an early age and it, and right. we had a lot of death when I was very young and, and it had a, an impact because it was 
you know, as a child, you, you're sensing loss. I no longer have these individuals in my life. So that conditioning yeah. becomes kind of implanted, which, you know, instills that, that, that initial fear, you know, or at least the, the, the inability to cope with it with a, an adult mentality and an adult uh, right. emotional response to it in a sense too. Um, when you're a child, you're like, wow, why is this happening to me? You think it's an outside force. Sure. And you don't have the rational ability to look at it and say, well, you know, everyone gets ill you know some people get ill or they get you know they die earlier than others um and you know the the key is to be able to generate a support network and and to realize that you know there are good things in life but uh, you know that it's a lot of trauma and that's trauma i'm sorry about your dad that's trauma losing your dad you know when you're young like that and if you don't if when you're a kid you just feel that pain and that fear. So unless you address that and sort of separate your, you know, mental models or perceptions or cognitive distortions that sort of rooted in that initial fear that happened when you were a child and you really weren't equipped with those abilities, uh, then they're going to stick with you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. If you go in and you separate and you say, hey, what's reality, what's not reality – is what I'm doing or what I'm thinking really having a benefit on me? And then you start choosing healthier responses in the moment. Uh, in reaction, I think the, the the way I read it or the way I heard it, I think, is that, you know, the emotional reaction is the one that's fight or flight. The response is a chosen response. Exactly. So the, uh, the response is, I'm going to choose how to respond to this. And that's what an adult does. And exactly. says, okay, this is the reality. This is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to go forward. Um, with interpersonally uh, or organizationally, you know, I you know I noticed that, you know, we have all these beautiful statements like teamwork and building yes. communication and open door policy uh, on the on the walls. Elaborated mission statements but, and uh, purpose yeah. statements and so on. But, yes, but uh, I'm 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 guessing or it seems like you don't realize that a majority of people just don't buy into it uh how do you see it so you, you know that's the those are the steps you either use with yourself with others with an organization even check, checking society you make that observation then you clarify your own uh judgments or perceptions like wow i'm guessing you don't realize right you you, you come in here every day smiling looking at those value statements thinking they're working as the vice president or president of this company and you don't realize that pe- most of the people that come through those doors giggle and laugh uh, when they see those statements because they know they're not true through the actions and behaviors demonstrated to them by people in management. That's so true. How do you see it? How do you see it? And I think saying that that way, insincerity, uh, with based in a factual observation that's respectful, uh, that opens the door, gets can get dialogue, right? People want retention. They want high performance, but they don't often want to hear what it's going to take to get there Uh, because it's often the opposite of what their mental models have told them works or what their models have showed them has worked for someone that gets ahead at the expense of others rather than collectively. Yes. So it's, it's all these, you know, models that are, that are put in place that constantly have to be challenged. And, Unless there are people in our society that are out there questioning those models uh, and constantly questioning the behaviors that can lead to really 
really bad abusive situations like the Sandusky situation. Yes. Uh, you know, like Enron, like, uh, you know, the, these horrible Weinstein, uh, these, no, history is littered with it. Absolutely. Yeah, these, these, these people in particularly in, uh, it seemed broadcasting, a lot of the executives in broadcasting yes. with, with that were assaulting and harassing women continuously, you know, unless people are out there watching and addressing it, they're going to think it's fine. Sure. Uh, you know, I think Martin Luther King said, you know, it's it's not it's not going to be the enemy. It's not going to be the words of our enemies that, that we'll remember, but the silence of our friends. Exactly. Boy, boy, and so that's what I think good communication does. It, it addresses things openly and honestly and uh, puts the issues on the table in a constructive rather in a destructive way. And again, it's very hard to do that if you've been raised in an environment where you were really uh, tortured or, or tormented every time you tried to speak your truth. Sure. A lot of my families have come from some really challenging, uh, you know, upbringings in many ways. That doesn't determine who they are. I, I liked your point before about when you're discussing the the biological piece where the emotional response is first, but it's then it's our choice or our decision process. And I think it was Viktor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning when he discussed that separation between stimuli and response and right. something happens and then we respond. But between those two points, there's a space. And in that space right. is really where our true freedom is, is uh, a choice. success or failure, either way, based exactly. on that. But the fact that people don't even realize they have that capacity to stop back in that space, because sometimes not responding is the right response. Sometimes maybe you do need to sit back, as you pointed out. Maybe I need to objectively look at what the meaning is of this conversation or what somebody said to me. Um, another uh, part that I love principle-wise, it was a gentleman, Miguel Ruiz, you, I'm sure you've heard of him with the four agreements and the principles behind that were always very impactful for a lot of things that I've done in my life and certainly working with individuals. And, you know, the first is impeccable to your word, you know, is to be absolutely yeah. say what you mean, do what you say. And sometimes not saying something is also being impeccable to your word. You know, the second yeah. one, it kind of goes back to the driver, you know, passing you by and kind of pissing you off was do not take anything personally because it's never about you. No matter what, even, and I know that from even personal relationships, if somebody comes after you, and I'll use my wife, for example, and Valerie comes after me and she's mad about something and it's directed at me and it might be an actual valid point, but I know it has nothing to do with me because something else is going on with her and she needs to redirect mm -hmm. that. And it kind of comes back at me in a sense and, and learning. And right. that's, a, that's a skill that does take time to learn where you can step back from that. Again, getting in that space and say, wait a minute, what does this really mean? I don't necessarily have to respond because to build that communication bridge is the ability to have the, the, the intention of wanting that relationship. Of course, I think that's a big piece too is, People have to understand that if you want to have a good communication with a, with a partner, with a business, with a with a with a family member, the intention is that you have to want to have that relationship. Because I have worked mm -hmm. with some people that, you know, to work on communication skills, and then at the you know at the end of the conversation, they're like, well, I just don't really like them and don't want to talk to them. Well, mm -hmm. you know, then it becomes a moot point. Well, then you know we shouldn't be you know doing this right now because if you have that disinterest in it, then let's pursue other things in a sense. You know, right. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I think that choice, we see that, you know, with people with compulsions and addictions and in abusive situations, too. I think like you, 
sad, very sadly, with predators, with child. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Once they make that choice, no matter how young they are, you know, even if they were abused as a child and they, when they, if, if they choose to repeat that cycle, it then almost becomes a compulsion and almost impossible to cure. And so the key there is for early intervention, but you see it day in and day out with substance abuse. Once a person makes that choice to do that, it becomes, it becomes a compulsion, almost like an obsession. That's what controls them. And that's very similar to abusive, toxic, or bullying relationships in the workplace. Oh, absolutely, Um, Matt. Absolutely. It just becomes a, pattern Mm -hmm. like a returning repeating pattern that uh the only way it can be disrupted since it is behavioral it can be relearned but a lot of abusive particularly sexual abuse um or uh is is something that is very very hard to cure once the predator decides to repeat that cycle what's interesting is a majority of you know the, the, of the millions of people that are abused, majority of them, very, most of them decide not to. They choose not to repeat the cycle. But that, almost, of all the people that do abuse, they all of them were abused because yes. it, it is it is a is a learned behavior. Oh, absolutely! And Just like the bully, the bully behavior. learned to be a bully. You know, and that's it. That's it. And so, you know. You have to actively choose that response, and the early, like we said, the earlier intervention we can get, constructive intervention, to help people realize that they have that control to choose to make that choice in that second, like Victor Frankl says, is the moment that you have a choice of freedom yes. to be to decide who you want to be and where you want to go. Uh, and again, that all gets back to questioning. You know, how much control do my mental models have over me? How much control do my fears and my criticisms have over me as a pair, as opposed to my reality yes. and what's really happening in front of me? Jealousy, envy, all those things can really uh, darken the truth. And so being able to question those things can really save grace, save relationships, save people. Uh, tragically, we've lost some people that we know uh, recently yes. to suicide. And it's, um, you know, I think that's something that, uh, unfortunately, people lose that connection with really listening to themselves. And they jump to that conclusion of either fear or criticism. And they react immediately without taking a moment and really thinking about it and thinking about, you know, the possibilities and the options and what are the other things that we seem to be at that point in our society where people make that rash jump emotional reaction decision rather than being able to uh, sort of look back. And I think that in itself is a control mechanism, you know, uh, it's taking people's ability to think for themselves and to calm themselves and soothe themselves away. Uh, so, you know, we're getting a lot of different things, but I think those are true facts of uh, things that get in the way of people being able to listen to themselves and communicate sure. with themselves and others. So some tools that I know that I work with with some families and uh, that have been very beneficial, and, and you really pointed it out eloquently with the fact that we have to get to listen to ourselves 
Uh, I'm going to go back to your your idea with the left hand right hand column. Really, is that how do I expose that left hand column? I, and that's going to be in small bites. It's not like I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to blurt out my entire dark secrets and stuff. But it's starting in small pieces. Where I do this with some families and individuals who are struggling with substance abuse and mental health. It doesn't necessarily mean being, just, being yeah. really honest with yourself. Exactly, and it's, and that sometimes is even a process where there's level of that honesty where you maybe it's a little bit at first. It might be superficial kind of like levels of listening you listen with you know like yeah okay sure and then you get down to an empathic ability to listen to somebody because you're feeling it in your heart in a sense and i think we do that for ourselves as well and and it takes a bit of time to do that but it does it, it makes a dramatic change in the way you communicate with individuals once you can understand where you're coming from what is your autobiography how can you get out of your 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 challenges that you're dealing with or your demons and you know and if it's again things like trauma sexual abuse mental abuse physical abuse those things certainly should be addressed and worked with you know like working specifically with trauma therapists that can potentially look at that but if you want to move forward in a sense and that's a lot of what i do with families is like where are you today where do you want to go tomorrow uh, mm -hmm. this is the, the conversation forward speaking in a sense which is more coaching as opposed to counseling in a sense and it's getting mm -hmm. to, to understand you you're not a product of what happened to you though though they are it have influenced you certainly by you know the whole biology piece versus right. a nurturing piece you know nature nurture well they influence us they don't determine us our choices determine us so getting people to understand whatever happened to you it's it's not about that anymore because it, it wasn't anything that has any value to you today other than what you keep with it in your heart you know if you let start learning to let that go and that's that piece where you know meditation self-reflection journaling really powerful get to get a pen in your or a pencil in your hand and get a piece of paper out and and write don't you know i i obviously i work with a lot of families and i try to get them to work with outside the electronic media which is and i'm a, I'm a nerd at heart and i love electronic gear but that whole natural process of psycho neuromuscular connection between handwriting and putting something on a piece of paper mm -hmm. really gives you that ability to kind of self-reflect your life, you know, on a daily basis, mm -hmm. even if it was a couple of lines, you know, today I want to be open about one little thing. And then you start doing that after a couple of days and then a few days and then a couple of weeks go by and layers start to peel away from that onion, as they would say, preferably, and you mm -hmm. get to the core, you know, but there will be some tears or there's going to be some challenges and there's certainly going to be some, some hardships with that. Um, but having also, and I, and I think we uh, mentioned this before, but having the intentions and having a relationship that you're trying to build a communication piece with, the trust factor has got to be a big piece to that. And sometimes there's a leap of faith in that because some people mm -hmm. may have had some barriers because there was some other things that happened in that relationship and they kind of feel, you know, again, jolted from it. And, you know, this, this personal in many ways, you know, go back to that Miguel's, you know, don't take it personally. It's really difficult. It's easy to say it is difficult to live by without practicing on a daily basis. But having that mm -hmm. trust in that relationship is absolutely, you know, paramount to the success of it because you, you're going to need that as your real ability to build that bridge and then to get over it in a sense is to have mm -hmm. that trust factor. And that sometimes is a leap of faith, you know, especially if there's been a lot of, um, you know, a lot of hardships or if there's been a lot of, you know, fighting, if there's a, you know, relationships that have been just, uh, you know, abused for many years, it, it takes time yeah. and not every relationship can be cured, you know? Yeah. The base element of trust that I like to go by is, um, if I'm in a vulnerable position, I know these people or this person won't allow me to be hurt when I'm vulnerable. Yes. So, and so the, so when, when I'm, 
you know, as a kid, when you're you're vulnerable all the time, if you're abused, you lose that ability to sense that trust. Yes. If you're hit or abused or sexually assaulted or whatever. Uh, so then you have to relearn, okay, well, who, who can I trust? And more importantly, can I trust myself exactly. uh, to make a choice to avoid those type of people down the road? Yes. So I live in with health and happiness. And that's the last step in mental health, you know, identifying your cognitive distortions yes. based yes. on your initial fears, uh, choosing a healthy response in the moment uh, that gives you the freedom, but then also choosing to surround yourself with healthier people. Oh, absolutely. With people that are really going to bring you, bring out the best in you. Uh, You know, it was interesting because I know you and I love dogs and I saw, um, you know, I'm going to be doing a talk on left-hand column next week. And I sent just a little flyer about it. And there was this wonderful picture of a bulldog sort of looking really inquisitive in the air, like Mm -hmm. not understanding what you're saying. And dogs, they can't have a left-hand column, you know, (laughs) they just, what they, from do, heart. what they do and yes. that's why people that's why people love dogs their their left hand column and their right hand column are the same thing yes and i think when we're around the health that's why we love to be around a dog there's no pretense they're not they're not kidding you they're letting you know how they feel at that moment yeah. unconditional and, love and care we're there for you unconditionally right. regardless or protection yes. uh and and so you know, when when we're around people like that or in healthy environments where we feel as though there's a lot of patience, there's a lot of kindness, there's a lot of support, there's a lot of truth, uh, there's honesty, integrity, um, it's based on facts, we can be the most we can be. You know, we can reach yes. our potential as human beings. Uh, but until we're able to really isolate and uh, identify and either separate or correct abusive behavior and criticism and fear, the capacity to listen to oneself or to listen to others or listen to the organization or even listen to society is going to be severely impacted by your own desire to survive. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. And, so, and, and, and uh, bullies know this. Dictators know this. You know, the best way to control a group is to, is to create a, a disease, right? Oh, uh, exactly. That was said, I think, one of the great Greek philosophers said yes. that. Uh, and so, you know, they know uh, if you create a fear and anxiety, it's much easier, or an enemy, it's much easier to control a group than to look at things honestly. And I think media knows that. Uh, politicians know that. Uh, unfortunately, I think dividing our country is costing us more than looking at what we have in common and being able to really dialogue and listen to one another. Absolutely. Looking at differences and not what we do have. In, I love that part too, yeah. always, because that is a piece that we, we miss. And, and again, going even back to relationships that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what do we have in common, you know, in, in many ways. And that's really, right. really powerful uh, to understand because again, and I liked your idea with the look at yourself first, because uh, for me to have an effective communication with others, maybe I need to do that first more for myself. I have to be yeah. able to communicate honestly with myself and be able to express myself emotionally and understand it and come to terms with the things that have happened, that it's not my fault. If I had, if there was abuse, you know, in my life, it wasn't my fault, right. regardless or of what be behaviors. Able to listen, you know, yeah. listen to people that really do love you and have your Absolutely. best interests. Yes. And, yes. You know, and be really, because, you know, abuse survivors or 
people that have been through a lot, uh, whether it's chemical abuse or anything, they, they, the trust has been gone. Oh, absolutely. And so, and they're afraid to admit their own weaknesses because they think that'll create more, uh, target them again and make them the focus of abuse. And, and so they have to learn how to accept uh, all components of themselves. Absolutely. And that's where really, that's where self-empowerment really is a big piece yep. to know that. And it, and it is a gradual, you know, small steps at times. Sometimes it's a very small steps uh, where it takes a while for that to happen, but that communication yep. with understanding your, yourself. And again, my, my strong emphasis with, with the individuals I work with, you know, both patients and with families is to, you know, utilize journaling, utilize that communication to yourself, be vulnerable. It's okay. It's not, that's a healthy place to be because as you mentioned earlier in the conversation, surround yourself with the people that do care for you. And those individuals will always have your back. They'll always have your back. And when you're around the right people. Exactly. You know, and toxic relationships. And and I mentioned earlier in the conversation, sometimes you're not able to fix a relationship and it may be a family member. It could be, it could be anybody, but sometimes there's a point where you need to say, you know what, you know, a pro, a, a, kind of a looking at this from a cost benefit analysis. Do I really, is this really worth me pursuing if there's this right. much and there's no interest in that other party? And then sometimes you just need to say, you know what, I, I have other people in my life. I have other relationships. I have other right. opportunities in front of me. So I need to say maybe no to that now, you know, and, and right. no, no respectfully, you know, and maybe no is not forever, but no for right now. I can't, I, we can't, connect there's something there's a disconnection between us or just sometimes people aren't meant to be together uh which we've seen you know time and time again too as well you know mm-hmm. in a sense so matt I, well, the, damage, the damage has been so great that it can't be repaired indeed you know absolutely indeed so so matt i want to ask uh, what are you been up to and if you could tell us a little bit about uh you know as the introduction stated about your, your about your book but what have you been up to and some things going well, forward with you that you'd like well, to share my book, successful leaders on bullies was released in uh, september of 2018 in december of 2018 uh one of the you know, it was a very small client of mine, less than 3% of my revenue. Yes. But really a disturbed uh, company decided to sue me, claiming falsely that they were mentioned in the book. And then they went after illegally my publisher. That's called tortious interference. Yes. And so then, uh, you know, the, the, my my book uh, is sold out all around the world through all distribution channels. It was distributed to every continent uh, through all major book outlets, uh, books a million Barnes and Noble, Amazon, uh, you name it, Simon and Schuster was distributed by, and uh, now I think you can find it on Amazon and on used copies only. Uh, but that case is ongoing, and uh, we're waiting waiting to get a, a response. There's a tremendous delay. My attorney said he's never seen such a delay, wow. and I have an excellent attorney out of Boston. Uh, the case is in federal court in Providence. Uh, but yeah, once that uh, clears or starts moving forward, I think, you know, as we were talking about, uh, you know, opening the truth and, and exposing the truth, yes. that's going to give me that opportunity to do that. So uh, I look forward to uh, moving forward. I've been just consulting, uh, been talking uh, with groups, been doing coaching mm-hmm. uh, with different people. You know, my specialty is really helping very technical people determine whether or not like engineers and doctors and scientists and tradespeople, high-end tradespeople, whether or not they also would like to manage, uh, you know, so people with a lot of technical knowledge also determining whether or not they have the skill and desire to 
to influence others in management and leadership, in leadership roles. Yeah, in leadership roles. And help them trans, transition into those roles. Excellent. So you know, my book is basically an outline of helping people determine, you know, particularly abusive environments. I, I unfortunately uh, grew up in an abusive environment mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, was able to overcome that and, you know, was able to use sports and, and academic performance to help really sort of form my identity. And then, uh, you know, just want to use that to sort of help other people cultivate healthy relationships in their, in their own lives. Uh, and I'm no, I'm no saint, you know, I, I struggle with the same issues everyone else does, but the goal there is always to try to choose that response that makes the best, the best impact on as many as possible. Wow. Excellent. You are an amazing human being, Matt, and I, I've known you for some time and certainly I can attest to that a, a, a thousand times over. We go way, we go yes. way back. Bernie. We do go way back. And, and you've always been the, that person <laughs> I remember. Yeah. From years back is the same person today. And, that, and that's a powerful thing. And I will have uh, links for your, uh, for the Amazon book that will also right. be in the podcast and, and information about you as well too. So yeah, uh, going if I can forward. help anybody, you know, I, I help people all the time. I, I was at a coffee shop the other day, started talking with a young man and he had the sense I might be able to help him. And, uh, you know, he was down from Canada. His wife's a doctor. They're trying to figure out what the next steps are going to be in their lives. And I said, sure, I can help you. So, wow. So that happens all to me all the time. Wow. No coincidences. You know, that's, a, that's the, uh, the aura that you certainly have. And, and that's what makes you such an incredible human being because you do have that aura, you know, and, and you have, and, and I'll tell you that I think from in your experience and just as you as a person, but really kind of a takeaway with this conversation and communication, you have the ability to listen to people and to truly understand them and to, to get to where they're coming from, the, from their point of view, from understanding it from their perspective, to be in their shoes. And, and that's a really powerful, powerful tool. And, and truly, and I, again, my opinion yeah. has always been, if you can get to that place, no matter what's going on in your life, you will be able to bridge any communication barriers because you get to that comfortable place in your life where you're okay just being okay, good, bad, right, wrong, up and down, you know, just being okay with that as a person that you are because tomorrow's always a chance to make it a little bit better. Oh, and- yeah, my, my favorite professor from Brown, uh, who was my advisor and became a good friend, always said, uh, God gave you two ears and one mouth oh, for right. a reason. <laughs> use use accordingly and <laughs> absolutely well matt i, I want to thank you very much for this great opportunity i'll definitely look great. forward to an opportunity to speak with you again going forward in uh in a future podcast this is incredible you have such a wealth of information i will have all of your links uh, on the uh, podcast for anybody who's interested to learn more about you as well too in a sense and i really want to thank you from the bottom of my heart Thanks, for Bernie. for doing this uh, it's always, a, always a pleasure thank you for listening to tiger resilience podcast For more information, please visit us at our website at tiger-resilience.com. If you found value in this show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review. It is very much appreciated. This is Tiger Resilience, addiction solutions for reaching human potential.